Bill, before we start, I just want to point out to you that I've since I've lost my voice. Um, I'm recording this a couple of days after the actual episode was recorded. And I just want to say that's why my voice was feeling was a bit iffy on the podcast. Um, also, for anyone who's listening to this on a podcast, which I think most of my our listeners are, and not on YouTube, then sometimes we reference that. Um, sometimes we reference that. Look, here we are, um, and look how different we look, or some such. And that's only because we were actually together, and we were just commenting on, you know, the van and stuff. So if you want to actually see what was happening, then you can see that on YouTube, where we will post the whole video. Thank you. Bye. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, welcome to another episode of Politics, Renewable Heating and Gas. I'm Ben and I run B-Express Plumbing and Heating and I'm based in Northwest London. I'm gas safe registered. I'm working towards my MCS and I'm a witch trusted trader where I've won Trader of the Month previously. Hi, and I'm Stuart. I run h h Gas Services based in Manchester. I'm also a gas safe registered engineer. Okay, Ben, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Politics, Renewable Heating and Gas. That only took three times for me to get right. So today is an extra special episode because today Stuart and I are together in the van, as you can see, in Stuart's van. And that's because I have come up with my family for a family celebration to Manchester, which is where Stuart is. So um, as as our name suggests, politics, we want to discuss the latest politics of what the by-elections happened today on the 20th of July, 23, um, and what they could really mean in our eyes. So, Stuart, there were three by-elections. Um, the Conservatives only won one of them. The other, one of the others was won by um, Labour, and the other one by the Lib Dems. So what do you think that the Uxbridge win of the Conservatives really tells us? Uh, I don't know, I've not, <clears throat> not really uh, followed it to be honest. Okay, so obviously at the moment everyone's very upset with the Conservative government um, or doesn't think the Conservative government's doing its job very well. Um, I actually think that um, Uxbridge was won by the Conservatives is because it's actually um, going to be affected by um, the Labour idea of the ULES expanding. I say Labour because the Mayor of London is um, um, Sadiq Khan is Labour, although some Labour MPs in London don't like the idea either. And because of um, the Conservatives being the only party who was against ULES, um, because of the extra cost that they're that people are going to have to pay when ULES expands, and therefore the um, that's why we we think Stuart and I think yes, Stuart, even though he doesn't know that he thinks this, he does think that it's because it's too expensive, and that leads on to something I think which is very very important because if people are saying no to ULES, what are they saying no to ULES about? So Stuart, 
being a man, being a man, understand nothing, knowing nothing about what goes on in London. <laughs> How much does Gilles cost per day? Uh, I don't know. I'd imagine around sort of ten pounds or something like that. Twelve pound fifty. Well done, Stuart. Um, so twelve pound fifty <clears throat> per day if your vehicle is not within the certain grade that um, that the Mayor of London decides is good enough. Um, I actually had to upgrade my own van in London because um, my old Renault was absolutely perfect and worked very well. Um, the, but I wouldn't, I'd have to pay £12.50 every day and driving around my normal area. So I thought, forget that, I need to upgrade. Then the Mayor of London gave us um, a £4,000 grant um, to scrap my vehicle. My, vehicle. my van was um, 10, uh, seven, ten, seven, 10 years old, I can't remember anymore. Um, so I scrapped the van, got the £4,000, put that down as a down payment for uh, my current van, which I'm very happy with. Um, but, but really, I then, you know, I'm paying monthly for a van to replace my old van, which I owned outright. So actually, <laughs> I'm paying a fortune, <coughs> a fortune a month, um, around uh, £350 a month, in order that I can have a vehicle, um, which before I didn't have to pay a penny for. Well, there was actually a fresh air tax that was meant to be coming into Manchester, which also would have been in the older vehicles, um, especially HGVs, vans, lorries, buses. And again, I believe it would have been around the sort of £10 a day mark for a van, more than that for a lorry and a, and a bus. And uh, the reason they didn't end up doing it is because they also had a scrappage scheme like they had in London, which they were meant to be giving money to vehicle owners to be able to upgrade and businesses to be able to upgrade their vehicles. But unfortunately, um, local government didn't receive enough money from uh, the government to be able to give everyone the correct amount of money or whatever it should have been. So the scheme is currently under review um, and has been for some time, but I believe by sort of uh, 2025 or next couple of years, they definitely want to be bringing it in like uh, they do in London. I do think that the best way to get out of uh, any of this is just to get an electric vehicle. But there's so many issues, at least within our trade of electric oh, yes. vehicles. So, first of all, I Mileage really, and range is a, is a big yeah. one. Yeah, I mean, I would really like to buy my own van, a Ford Transit Custom, as an electric van. However, that doesn't exist yet. It's coming out in a few months' time, but when it does, I'm expecting it to cost a third more than the current van is. So, which is just a ridiculous thing. And then also, Especially with yeah. the high interest rates that we yeah. have now, higher interest rates that we have now. Exactly. So it's gonna cost a fortune to be able to buy. So I don't know if I would switch, even if I could. And then, you know, a lot of these vehicles say that they can travel 200 miles but only if there's no weight in the back. I mean, we, I mean, how much weight do you reckon yeah, in the back of your van? It's got to be a couple of hundred <coughs> kilo in tools and equipment and yeah, materials. Yeah, I, I must carry easily half a ton. And then there's the racking as well, which also weighs and... Yeah, I would carry half like a that. ton just in tools and racking. And if I have a boil end cylinder inside there, then it's going to go up. Oh, so, <laughs> and then there's also weather conditions. If it's cold, it, it definitely it can it kills the battery. If you put the air conditioning on, that will definitely lower the range and things like that as well. On the plus side though, we don't tend to travel huge amounts of range. You don't tend to travel when we're going job to job. What know? is your sort of uh, daily, how far do you go within sort of 15 miles, 20 miles? Yeah, probably 20 miles max. Yeah, so what sort of mileage are you doing a day? Sort of maximum up to 90, 100 miles? If um, that. Probably not even. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I can go up to sort of 90 to 100 miles a day on a, on a, a very, very busy day. Yeah, but you're not but, going to be uh, carrying a boiler and a cylinder in the back. That's you're just true. going to be carrying what you have now. That's true, but if you get to charge the vehicle the day before or whatever. But that would just be the thing that you have to do, just like, you know, when your drill runs dry, you know, you see the, the drill is, or your, your gas analyzer is losing battery. I always take that home at the end of the day and plug it in. And then it lasts true, yeah. for the next 30 jobs. So, so I think that's just something at the end of every day, like we talk plugging our, our phones or just plugging our So cars. mindsets will change in regards to that, I guess. <clears throat> but uh, the technology is a little bit too new at the moment. I think people are a bit hesitant to take it up uh, yeah. right now. Uh, I, yeah. I, I think people who are pro it will get it. And people who are not so pro it won't get it. Very similar to heat pumps. So we really wanted to, on this episode, we also want to talk about myths in the plumbing and heating world. Um, so, which is really great that we're doing this video together in a van, because when we say cylinder, you'll have no idea what we're talking about. Because that's one of the myths, isn't it? <laughs> that is, when yeah. most people, when you come into a property and you ask somebody, where's your boiler? They take you straight upstairs to the airing cupboard where the hot water tank or cylinder is, and they go, look, there's my boiler. <laughs> yeah, and then I normally say to that, I say, no, I mean the white one that's hanging on the wall. And they go, oh, that's downstairs. I go, yes, I'd like to see that. One. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's a very common one. Another one that's very common is, as, as gas engineers, we obviously have to, you know, access the gas meter to be able to do all our testing, tightness and net by testing to check for leaks and things like that. Uh, and when you ask people to show you the gas meter, inevitably you're taken to the electric meter. Yeah. Um, because people don't seem to know what their gas meter is. So I do find that. I find it really odd though because. Surely people know the difference between electricity and gas. Electricity is the hissy thing that comes out of the out of the hob. And electricity is what you use when you turn the lights on. Yeah, sorry, I didn't know what I said. So so but maybe they just don't know what it is because all they see is a white box on the wall with numbers floating past and the gas meter is a big grey thing, or possibly white and with numbers going past. So maybe they just can't tell but for us, it's so obvious because you can see the gas pipe. It's what we do day in, day yeah, out. ECV, obviously. yeah. All the words that you the don't know what ECV, we're talking about. That's the emergency <laughs> control valve for shutting off the gas supply yeah. to a property in case of a gas leak or anything like that. What do you like call that. the the bit on top of the meter? The governor. Yeah, or the governor. Mm. Not the governor. The governor. Yeah. 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 The London way of saying it. Yeah. It's definitely um, better. Speaking of myths, another very common myth is you know flushable wipes. People think that uh, you know you can flush wipes just because it's written flushable on the packet. It doesn't mean they're going to disintegrate like toilet paper, and it's probably uh, one of the most common causes of uh, of clogs in sewers and things like that. Uh, also, co uh, pouring oil down the sink, another big one. Uh, an interesting thing that Stuart told me earlier today um, is about shared drains, which um, happens a lot in Manchester and also in London on older properties. So, do you want to just? Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, um, if you go, I mean, I, I can't speak for London. I think it's is it Thames Valley Water. No, who, who is it? Uh, who is Thames. It? Thames Water. Thames Water. Well, in Manchester we have the one, the one that's going bust. All oh, right, yeah, that one. Yeah. So in Manchester we have United Utilities, and uh, I just had an interesting occurrence myself, where I came to a property where the uh, main sewer had backed up, and normally you'd have to pay a drainage engineer to come with and uh, to sort it out. How much would a drainage engineer be? A drainage engineer would probably be about 95 pounds an hour. Okay, yeah, there are other companies out there like Dino Rod or whatever. Yeah. 
and um, here spoke to you we believe the, the blockage was actually on the street so it would have been United Utilities or the water boards uh, problem they had to deal with it when would it be the customers um, so up problem. into the boundary where the drain exits the property uh, say it goes down the driver where it joins the road in the main city sewer from that point onwards would actually be um, the water boards problem and it's the same with the stop tap and uh, water entering a property so if the stop tap is on the road then the customer doesn't have any responsibility for it the the uh, water board would have to maintain it and replace it in case it leaked or snapped or anything like that so here same with drains it's where it kind of the boundary of the property is normally it'd be the customer's responsibility but here the water board came out and said well actually this is a shared drain where two properties go into the same drain on the street so it's actually their responsibility to maintain and they came out and they cleared it free of charge. I mean, the customer would have had to pay anything up to sort of around 200 pounds plus to get that cleared by a, a company. And they Probably cameraed it as well. They, yeah, yeah the they camera, cameraed yeah. it as well. So you could have been three, 400 pounds. So you can imagine the customer was very, very happy. So when Stuart says cameraed it, um, there's a CCTV camera that is sent down on flexible on, cable on like a flexible but hardened flexible and waterproof cable. obviously and that goes through and they can actually see are there any cracks in the pipe have tree roots broken in are there any rats dead and horrible stuff i actually wrote down i'll just see if there's any other uh, interesting plumbing myths i can uh, see this is stuart doing um some research well I, I did send yes i did send uh, ben a note of a couple of interesting plumbing myths i'm just seeing if i can uh, see what else i wrote down if there's any others right yeah um another one was minor leaks and nothing to worry about people think right well if it's only dripping a little bit what i'll do is i'll just put a bucket underneath it and ignore it that's uh, never a good thing to do Leaks only get worse. They don't cure by, they don't get better by themselves. They only get worse and then one day you'll wake up and there'll just be a torrent of water coming through the ceiling. So if you notice any signs of leak or can hear dripping or anything, always best to get a, a local recommended plumber out just to take a look. And so what would done. you say when it's not a leak that is coming from a radiator or you just hear, but it's a leak from a tap which is just dripping, dripping, dripping. Um, what would you recommend to people? Then? Well, or firstly, it's, if it's a leaking tap, it's a massive waste of water. Um, and if you're on a water meter, it's costing you money. And yeah, it's, I think and I it will only get worse. It costs around £120 a year if you just leave a dripping tap. Well, I believe that's if, if, if toilet's left running, you know, the overflow is running into the bowl or something, okay, right. and that's just left. Um, and I can only speak for Manchester, but I know United Utilities in Manchester, if you go on their website, they actually have um, water um, devices which you can put in the toilet bowl and leave overnight, um, and it will see if there's any water sort of running down into the toilet bowl to tell you if the toilet's running. Because sometimes you may not be able to see it as it's only a very small trickle. But if you're on a water meter, that's a considerable amount of water being wasted. So uh, small leaks, it's always worth getting them seen to. Don't just ignore them because they won't go away by themselves. Hmm. Anything to add to that? Although, yeah, I have been to jobs where, <laughs> where the leak sorted itself out. A customer called us out, cancelled the appointment, so we never went. Six months later, asked us to come and look at something else. And whilst we were there, they mentioned, <coughs> you know, we originally contacted you about this leak. Well, it's, it's solved itself. We think that maybe it rusted and the rust caused it to stop leaking. I was like, um, it's probably not good. Yeah. But um, yeah, if it's not leaking now, then 
okay <laughs> I don't really know what to say to it yeah. but uh, that happens yeah. um, another very common thing we come across is um, this is more in the plumbing world I know we're both gas engineers and we mostly deal with gas but uh, we do obviously have a background in plumbers we're both obviously qualified plumbers um, people tend to pour oil down the sink used cooking oil and fat and grease which is the worst thing you can do with it I'll tell you what you should be doing with it in a minute but then they justify it by saying well I poured a kettle of hot water <laughs> after mm. it which they believe sort of melts it away and makes it go away oil is, is also like wipes it's a terrible thing to put down the drain it can um, cause clogs and bind with other things like wipes and tissues and things make terrible clogs the correct thing to do with the oil and the best thing to do is if you finished you know you're frying or anything like that if it's only a small amount if you can just soak it up in some paper towel or something and put it in the bin or if it's a large amount of oil what I would suggest is to keep the actual oil container such as the bottle get a funnel wait for the oil to be you know 100% cool tip that in back into the bottle put the lid on and replace that in your black bin for general household uh, waste yeah, because people often say, well, what do I do with my oil? <coughs> and what I'd like to say to them is take it out into the street and pour it down the drains there. But obviously, no. I've never said that. No. I never will no. say no. that. Do not do that. <laughs> no. Um, no, no. Stuart's got a great idea there, though. Um, okay. Okay, so um, I am a gas registered engineer, as Stuart says, as we've told you before. Um, in order to be a gas registered engineer, you need to reset your gas exams every five years and my five years is it ends in this November November 23 so I'm going to be sitting my ACS which I have no idea what that stands for and um, I will be redoing the ACS plus core mm -hmm. yes and uh, that will allow me to then continue being a gas engineer um, and my registration details all stay the same now um, part of it are things that I don't necessarily use every day um, and this is just reminding me, the training I'm doing reminds me of what I need to do. Part of it, for example, is a gas rate. So gas rate I do on every single boiler service. Every single time I install a boiler, I will do gas rate as part of the commissioning. It's very important. Um, the way that this tutor who's telling me how to do a gas rate is, is advising me is very slightly different to the way I was taught five years ago and that I've been doing since then. And also nowadays, how do you, how would you do gas rates? One second, I just point out this is Ben, not Ben's first time resitting. He's yeah. been gas safe for 15 years, so this was actually his third time resitting his ACS, as you've got to do it every five years. Yes, plus the original, so yeah, it's my fourth time. Fourth time, doing yeah. The exam. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, so. <clears throat> Yeah, so it's just funny how things slightly changed from tutor to tutor. And over the years as well, as regulations yeah. change. And also nowadays everything's done on apps on your phone, so actually yeah, that's true. the maths doesn't, isn't really needed anymore. Years ago we had to know all the calculations down cold and we'd be there with a piece of pen and paper yeah. filling everything in and calculating oh. everything and it would we take a long, long time. But yeah, yeah. But, but nowadays it's all <coughs> on the phone with an app. Yeah, so it's definitely much easier. Um, when... <coughs> sorry. When a boiler, <laughs> when a boiler is installed, um, you might be told by the customer that we need to upgrade your gas pipe. So, Stuart, why would we need to upgrade our gas pipes? Well, I don't want to get too technical here for the listeners, but basically, imagine you had a very old boiler that um, would have been quite a low <clears throat> kilowattage. 
say a 15 kilowatt boiler and that would have had a very small gas pipe going to it. So that small gas pipe can only take a certain amount of gas through it um, uh, to, to feed that boiler and then you need to put a new boiler in, which say was a 30 kilowatt or, or higher, it would require a higher flow rate, and a higher amount of gas pressure to be able to go through it. So therefore, the gas engineer may tell you that uh, your, your gas pipe work also needs upgrading from a meter to the boiler. Um, which can be, depending where the meter is situated in the house and how far the gas run is to the boiler, can add significant cost on to the um, to the whole boiler install. But it's it's um, it's becoming more and more common, I would say, as older boilers are getting taken out and and higher rated, better, more efficiency boilers are being put in. A lot of times, that the gas run does need to be upgraded. Do you not say? Yes, but I would not say that just because a bigger boiler is being put in makes it more efficient no it's not necessarily that i'm just you know we don't want to get too far much into the regulations and everything because it can be confusing for the listeners yeah i think we need to do a podcast explaining all the probably we should about flow rates and gas pressures and things like that oh yeah i can imagine people really enjoying that stuff well maybe you never know (laughs) i don't enjoy it why would they all enjoy it it's true um yeah so um um yeah so it's part of my gas safe reassessment um, there's a lot of other things which is frustrating that I have to redo um, because there's so few jobs that I go to that will use um, possibly the you know how to test open flues uh, open vented flues which you don't know what I'm talking about and I rarely <laughs> ever see so it's really across them much nowadays so why am I still having to do the training? Well, to say open flues on fires, you do still get quite a lot, though. Yeah, but... You don't, like, back boilers and things like that, you don't so come many. across so many nowadays, no. I mean, even if, even if a customer were to call us up and say, the first question they say is, do you service... Back boilers. Back, back boilers or, or flues or, or, or um, gas, gas fires. And we will normally say, I'm sorry, no, just because... They're quite a faff to do, and I'd rather not do it. It can be quite dirty as well when you pull them out from the fireplace yeah. and everything. Yeah. And normally there's no manual which which tells you how to, on the gas fires, you have to replace the coals in a very specific way, which is all in the manual, which no one's kept. Yeah, because all these gas fires are so old. Yeah, there's nothing on years old or whatever. You can't get parts, <laughs> and if God forbid you were to break it, anything was to break or you know snap on your hands because it gets old and brittle. You know, you just cannot get replacements, and you would have so to end just, up capping off the customer's fire. I just not. I just prefer not to get involved. So. Fair enough. Um, so that's my uh, ATS, which is happening in a couple of weeks' time. Um, I'm also going on low temperature uh, training um, with a company called Nibi or Nibe, I have no idea how you say it, N-I-B-E, um, they, they are heat pump manufacturers and um, they've got very specific low temperature training which will enable me to design low temperature heating systems, so that would mean larger radiators normally, um, or underfloor heating, all these exciting things that we want to get into. Anyway, so that's I think it for the, the special episode of politics, renewable heating and gas in Stuart's van. Yes, it's not often we get to see each other, but hopefully, maybe next time I'll come down to London and we can uh, do an episode in Ben's van. Yes, and hopefully we'll have got the audio to be a bit better by then as well. (laughs) Hopefully. All right then, see see you next time. Thank you, bye.
And that's all from us. Join us next week for another discussion about politics, renewable heating and gas. Don't forget to subscribe and share. And if you're on YouTube, don't forget to hit the like button.